Hey, Brian, welcome to the Limitless Grid podcast. Yeah, great to be with you. Yeah, so we, we recently read your book, The, the 12-Week Year, and started implementing the concepts. And it's remarkable how much we have achieved in just six, six weeks. So just out of curiosity, you know, how did you come up with this idea? I, I had a career in corporate America. And when I went on my own, uh, I initially thought I was going to consult and, you know, bring ideas and techniques. And, and when I was consulting with a large group, we did process re-engineering and efficiency work. And so I thought I was going to continue that. But as I started to do that, I realized that, you know, what these organizations and individuals really needed was not another idea or another way of doing it. It was really to execute on what they already knew. And so I started to work with what are the fundamentals of high execution and high performance. And then along the way, came across this concept in athletics called periodization. And that's really where the 12-week year was born. Because we were doing, we were applying a set of disciplines and principles in the context of an annual environment where we built annual goals and plans and broke them quarterly and monthly and weekly. And, and you know what? We did okay with that, but we didn't feel we were getting what people were capable of. And, and so the, the 12-week year, that concept of a year and 12 weeks really became the accelerant to the disciplines and principles and, and really created a, a healthy sense of urgency that you just don't get in an annual cycle. Even, even in big companies that we worked in that you know, had to make quarterly numbers, it was still like, you know, it's one fourth of the whole. And, and it was more about what we did on an annual basis than we did on short term. Yeah. So before this book, right, I had no idea about this 12 week year concept. And a lot of times like people have New Year's resolution and they think like, this is the year I want to be healthy, or this is the year I want to start a business. And after three, four months, they just give up on that dream or they just, you know, it's, it's, it's just difficult for them to follow through that dream. So why do you think yearly goals don't work? And why is 12-week year like more powerful than yearly goals? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, the, the problem with annualized goals is there's a mindset that goes along with that. And that's this illusion that I have lots of time. In January, December looks a long way off. So it's easy for me to put things off because I feel like, wow, you know, I still got 11 months or I still got three quarters or whatever that is. And, and that was the thing that we were finding was keeping most people from accomplishing what they were truly capable of. It's not about working harder or longer. It's about being focused more consistently on the things that matter with a healthy sense of urgency, right? Taking the action today versus putting it off to tomorrow or next week. And, and that was the big thing, that annual environment. It's just too easy to put things off. Hmm. Hmm. Is there a reason why you chose a 12-week year rather than like 13-week year? Yeah, 12, 12 weeks is a long enough time to, to make profound progress near enough where um, you don't lose the urgency. And, and, you know, the truth of the matter is if you want to align with the calendar year, what that means is there's week 13. And so for us, week 13 is a week that we look back, we learn from the past 12 weeks. It's a week where we lock and load for the next 12, but it's also a week where we celebrate our success and progress. And so we do that every 13th week. And it gives, it's, it's, really, um, it's really a great process in terms of learning and applying that learning going forward. Then also <clears throat> celebration's important. It's easy to not celebrate. It's easy to just blow past that and keep going. But when you celebrate, it creates energy, it creates focus, it builds off the positives. And so that's a, a, a big piece of the 12-week year is taking time to celebrate the success and the progress. And it gives you 
an opportunity to do that every 12 weeks versus once every 12 months. Totally. I mean, you mentioned early on regarding the timelines. It's remarkable. Like say, if I go back to my engineering days, and like, it's fascinating that we were able to kind of learn the entire worth of semesters, you know, course in just two days because of a strict deadline. Like how many goals do you, do you plan to achieve in those, those 12 weeks? Yeah, that's always an interesting question because there's always more to work on and pursue than you have the capacity to pursue. So one of the things that you've got to clear in your mind is you can't do everything. And, and every time you take on one more thing, the probability of you being great at any of it diminishes pretty significantly. So, so it's about focus. And so we're always saying, you know, less is more, which means one goal is better than two, two is better than three. When you start to get more than three goals, and that doesn't matter whether you're an individual or you're an organization with, you know, 100,000 people, when you start to get more than three goals, you're probably going to struggle. Because you have limited time, limited energy, limited intellect. It's just a reality. And, and so let's focus that. And, and 12 weeks goes by pretty fast. So um, we, we plan as a team here at the 12-week year. We do what we call a team plan, which means our leadership team has a shared plan. And so we have a set of goals. Some of the tactics have my name, some have Michael, some have Judy's. But the fact of the matter is every 13 weeks we get together to plan that it, it's a big debate on how many goals we're going to have and which ones we're going to pursue because there, there's usually half a dozen to a dozen of them on the board that says this would, be, this would be beneficial for us to do. But if we try and do all of that, we're going to fail at all of it. So it's, it's always a challenge to, to focus it down to just a couple things. For your personal life, if you had to come up with goals, you might do something like, okay, if I want to work on my health, like health would be one goal. Or if you're trying to work on your business, that could be another goal, but not have more than like three aspects of your life that you want to change in that 12 weeks period. Yeah. So here's the, here's the way most of the people that work with us are doing something around business, either launching a business, building a career, scaling a business. And so we talk about one or two goals within the business and then maybe one goal outside of the, one personal goal. So maybe it's your health. Or maybe it's a relationship. And so what we help people do is kind of look across seven key areas and rate them and figure out which one they really want to work on over the next 12 weeks. Got it. So, so you know, the, your book talks about around eight fundamental ideas or eight fundamental elements that kind of, you know, are required for high-performance interviews. You know, they, they revolve around, say, vision, you know, planning, um, putting, place, putting structures in place for consistency measurement and you know uh, accountability as well so let's start with vision like say you have say 10 10 15 goals that you want to you want to accomplish like say maybe let's break it down maybe say you have five key goals that you want to accomplish so how do you go about the the vision aspect yeah so the sequencing is important right we start with vision w what do you want your life to look like three years from now and what does great look like Right, God willing, you're going to be here. Let's make it great, and then from that is where we determine the goals. And so the the goals should be uh, uh, should grow out of the vision. And so one of the things, one of the ways you determine which goals you're going to focus on is looking at that longer term vision and saying to yourself, "Boy, if I could only do one thing, which would be the most important thing, uh, the most important goal for me to hit this next twelve weeks that would align with my longer term vision." And so oftentimes you'll see things in your vision that um, come about because you're doing well in your career or your business. 
So travel, you know, some of some of the things that take money, investments, travel, uh, a second home, or things like that are usually funded from the business or the career. So setting one goal around that oftentimes allows you to make progress across a handful of other areas. So those goals are determined by the vision, as opposed to me sitting going, let me determine my goals and then try and connect it to the vision. They should be, they should be a natural byproduct of the vision. Can I give an example of, for instance, a vision might be like someone wants to start a business. So if they want to start a business like two years from now, they should take actions now so they can reach that vision in like two years. Is that what you are referring to? Um, you know, to me, the vision would be, why do you want to start a, a business? What's it going to do for you? And the goal might be to start a, a, to launch a business this 12 weeks. Okay. So it's the why that you mostly the why help is the people vision. focus. Yeah. Mm. The why is the vision. So for instance, I want to, you know, I want to live long enough to dance at my grandkids' weddings. Okay, well, I might have to have a goal about being healthy and fit in the 12 weeks. And I might have to have that goal every 12 weeks. <laughs> um, unless it becomes a routine for me where I no longer need to set it as a goal. So let me give you an example. Um, we have, we, I grew up in Michigan. We have, we have a place there. But when most people think of Michigan, they think of Detroit, which um, for years was sad because it was, it was a terrible place. But it, the leadership has changed. It's coming back. It's really kind of a cool place now. But, but there's so, many, so much more to Michigan than just that. And if you've ever met anyone from Michigan and you ask them where they're from, they typically hold up their hand because on the map, Michigan looks like a mitten and they'll point to where they're from. Well, there's a place on, like up near the pinky called Traverse City, Michigan. And it's a beautiful spot. Lake Michigan comes in, forms two bays. There's a peninsula down the middle. The, the water's blue-green like it is in the Caribbean because it's all sandy bottom. Um, it's gorgeous. Um, so my wife and I went up there in the 80s, I think. And we immediately fell in love with it. A friend of ours had a place almost out, all the way out to the lighthouse, back in the woods on, on the shoreline. And, and that, you know, that became a goal of ours. Right? We, we want a place like this. The problem is on this particular road, there's about 15 of them. And when they come up for sale, they're usually private sale. They don't advertise them and they're really expensive. But what I did was able to connect having that, that cottage, we call it a cottage, having that lake home and all it brings, the memories with the kids, the memories it brings with our friends and all of that, and connect that to actions in my plan. So I had, I had actions in my plan about scaling my business. And, and anytime you're taking new ground, it's uncomfortable. So it's easy to avoid that stuff. Well, the way you don't avoid it is you connect it to what you want in life. So I was able to say, okay, I don't have to do this stuff. I only have to do this stuff if I want that lake home. And why do I want that lake home? Because I want to have memories with the kids. I want it to be an anchor for my family and my friends and da-da-da-da-da, right? And, and so over time what happened is we started renting the neighbors and we were able to purchase it. Uh, but that's the connection. So I, did, I didn't necessarily have a goal to own the cottage. I had a vision to own a cottage. I had a goal about scaling my business so I would have the resources to buy the cottage. How long did it take you to reach that vision? Well, that was a, that was a number of years because they just don't come up for sale very often. And um, it happened for us. We bought that cottage from, um, from the people we were renting it from at the bottom of the market. So we got it like at a, at a crazy price, they were only using it three weeks a year. So they, we still let them have three weeks. And so it worked out great for everybody. 
Um, but yeah, that was, that was a number of years, um, of, of scaling my business and putting myself in a position where we could afford it. Hmm. It's a really powerful story. And I think like most people that we talk to that are our age or, you know, people we have conversations online, I think their biggest issue is they don't know what their vision is. And a lot of times they don't even know what kind of questions they need to ask to know what their true vision is or what is that goal that they want to work on. So, you know, if someone is confused about their vision, like what are the questions should they ask themselves to have more clarity? You're bringing up a really important point because if you're not clear on your vision, society will define it for you. You know, all the advertisers are di dying to tell you what you should value and the life kind of you should live and social media and all of that. And that's most people are swayed by the wind because of that. And so um, what I would say is look at the different areas of your life. So if, you're, um, if your parents are still alive, right, how do you want to show up as a daughter, as a son? What about as a sibling? How about as a, as a, as a partner, uh, as a spouse? What about as a parent? How do you want to show up in the community? How do you want to show up in your business? Um, what, what level of uh, generosity do you want to have? You know, if you've got a big vision, you need a lot of money. You've got a small vision, you don't need much money. So, you know, the, 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 for me, the money follows the vision. And so, you know, what kind of lifestyle do you want? Figure out what you're really good at that people need. What problem can you solve for people that they'll pay money for? So you, you look, when I talk to my kids, it's like find, find the intersection of what you love to do and what people will pay you to do. And, and you know, where you're adding value and you're making a difference for people. But, but the vision question is all around those different, the, those different roles you have in life. And, and listen, here's the truth, though. This is where I think social media leads you astray is you're, you're led to believe that success is an overnight thing, right? That it happens really quickly. It's not. 99.9% uh, .9 of the people, it, it, it takes more work and it takes more time to accomplish a goal or anything in your vision than most people think on the front end. Because we see these overnight successes, what we don't see are the years and years of effort they put into it. And, and so that's why the vision matters. You've got to be committed because it's not, you don't do it one or two times and have it mastered and have it all come to fruition. Some people, they get really lucky. But most of us, we can't count on that luck. You have to work, the, you got to work the process. That is such a powerful like point that you brought up. Like, especially today's generation, we see someone with a Ferrari or they're traveling to different countries and you compare your life with their lives, but you don't know if they had an extra job or, you know, they might have gotten money from their family. You don't see the back end of how they got that experience. We just compare our life and our experiences with their experience and which is extremely unhealthy. Yeah. Comparison in that way is never good, right? Comparison to motivate me is okay. But comparison when I'm looking at, I don't have what they have and I want what they have. That's not healthy. That's never, that's never good because yeah, you, you don't know the circumstances and you're different, right? It's not, it's not bad to maybe want some of the things you see other people with, but you have to pay the price. That's the key. You have to be willing to do the work. If you want, if you want, if you want to have a great body and, and be in shape, you've got to go to the gym. You've got to eat well. You can't eat the cheesecake. You can't eat this, the, the candy bars and that kind of stuff. You've got to do the work. If you want a healthy business, you've got to do the work. 
<laughs> I mean, healthy relationships, you got to work at it. I mean, it just anything worthwhile in life takes effort. Mm. Totally. Early on, you mentioned about the cottage. You bought the cottage, but your vision was a very long-term vision that you wanted to use that cottage to spend time with your family, maybe grandkids. It's a long-term vision. I'm sure it, it took a lot of planning as well. One of the things that we kind of struggle with is planning. We are more biased or oriented towards action. So we don't spend as much time. It's something that we want to work on. How how do you go about your planning? How much time do you spend planning versus, you know, in this 12-week? 12-week planning is different than traditional planning in a number of ways in that, first off, it's more focused, right? So you're only planning for one or two goals. Um, but, but the other thing is we're creating a tactical plan, not a conceptual plan. And we don't have time to go into detail on that, but you can't execute concepts. Um, so like networking, that's a great concept. It doesn't execute. If you're in sales, cross-sell, referrals, great concepts, they don't execute. You've got to get very granular at the plan level. And that's why it's impossible to plan for more than really 12 weeks. Because you don't know what's going to be happening nine months from now, 10 months from now. Who knows? Who knows what's going to be happening in the world, let alone your business or your family. But but with 12-week planning, you can get very clear on the actions, the specific actions needed to hit the, the very specific goal in 12 weeks. And and so it's a different way of planning. Do you plan um, the first week of the 12 week or do you plan before the 12 week starts? Yeah, we do it in week 13. So you think of it as almost week zero of the new week. <laughs> So when we hit week one, we've got our plan in place and we're hitting the ground running. So do you plan like all the actions that you are going to take every single day in those 12 weeks? Or how does the planning and the action work? Yeah. So what happens is let, let's say we had a goal of, of let's say we're going to lose some weight and get fit. Okay. That's probably a goal most people can identify with. Um, so, so the goal is going to say something like I'm going to weigh 80, 185 pounds, have 10% body fat. I'm going to develop, the plan itself is going to have a series of actions. So one of them might be to download the Weight Watchers app. That's going to come due in week one. Track my food in the Weight Watchers app is due weeks one through 12. It's every week. So some, some tactics are one time, some are recurring. Order superfoods, wheatgrass, spirulina, fish oil. That's week one. Take superfoods weeks one through 12. <laughs> We're train with weights three times a week, weeks one through 12, right? That kind of stuff. And that's the way the plan sorts out. And so then what happens is we have a plan like that. Now that translates from vision down to 12-week plan, down to weekly plan. So every week I can just focus in on the things that are due this week. And I know that because I put due dates in the plan. So I'm not overwhelmed and I'm not trying to do everything. I'm not trying to zero out my inbox. I'm not trying to answer every phone call. I know what matters most uh, and whatever doesn't get done, doesn't get done. But I'm going to make sure the stuff that's in the plan gets done. Got it. So that way you can iterate a lot faster. If things don't work, you can backtrack and get some feedback saying, hey. Yeah, exactly. You know mm. what worked and what didn't work. When you plan conceptually, you don't know that. There's no breadcrumb trail. So early on conceptually, you mentioned early on that networking is conceptual. Or say uh, in marketing, you uh, say cross-sale is conceptual. Is it because there's no concrete way to measure the outcome? Well, it doesn't define what you do. Hmm. If you're going to build a tactical plan, the statements in the plan describe an action you're going to take. 
Like ask for referrals twice a day. Train with weights three times per week for an hour per session, right? It describes the action. Marketing, I could do anything and check that thing off. Social media promotion could do anything, right? Post three times a day on five platforms every week, that type of thing. We call them tactics in the plan. The actions in the plan need to, need to literally describe the action that you can take. How do you, how do you measure success? Like, let me give you a hypothetical example. For instance, like if we have a goal and that goal or a vision to, you know, have our podcast be listened by a million people and in the next 12 weeks, like we want to at least reach like 20,000 new people. Right. And we have a plan to reach that goal, but we can take all the measurable actions, but we might not get the outcome we want in the next 12 weeks. So how do we know if that is a successful 12 week or not successful 12 week because we can't control the outcome? Right. It's, you're making a really important point. You don't control the outcomes. All you control are the actions. So a successful 12 weeks is did you do everything you could do to get the outcome? And if you did, what happens in that is there's learning in that, there's insights in that, there's, there's confidence that's built, there's momentum that's built. Because if you get too fixated on the outcome, it'll be paralyzing because you don't control it. You got to focus on the actions you can control. And that's, that's where the success is created by taking the actions consistently. That is powerful. Mm. So because, and because the plan's tactical, you're going to know specific which actions worked and which ones didn't. So throughout the 12 weeks, we're dialing it in. You know, maybe, maybe you find that in, in your example that um, you need to post different content on social media or you need to post on different platforms or you need to post more often or you need to post less often. You know, how are you going to know that? Because you're going to go and execute the current plan and then you're going to measure it. What happened when we did this? What, was, what, were we, what did we think would happen? What actually happened? How, how might we adjust that to get what we wanted? Yeah, it's like experimentation and uh, iteration. It is. And you Absolutely. see what worked, what didn't. Hmm. So Brian, one of the things we kind of noticed, you know, when we started this 12-week process is we kind of got burned out and, you know, it's kind of exhausting at times. Like, have you, had, have you seen people, you know, have similar experience as well? Um, if you're using it properly, it shouldn't burn you out. It should actually de-stress you because you're probably um, taking everything you do in an annual plan and trying to plug it into 12 weeks. That's not what the 12-week year is. It's not about taking everything you do in 12 months and cramming it in 12 weeks. It's focusing on the critical few. So the person 10 times as successful as you isn't working 10 times as hard or long. They're probably working less but they're doing things different and they're doing different things. That's the key. So if you're using the 12 week year and it's burning you out and it's stressing you out, you're not using it properly. You're probably taking this concept that the, it's this annualized concept and trying to cram it into 12 weeks. That's not what the 12 week year is. It's about pick one or two things. Even at the tactic level, it's the critical few, the least, you know, we, we don't put everything we can think of in the plan. We put the least number of tactics in the plan to accomplish the goal. And so you're forced to select through which are the high payoff activities because not all activities are equal. <laughs> Some are more impactful than others. We're looking for the high payoff activities. You know, the 80-20 the rule, we're looking for that 20%, that, those tactics that really drive the outcome. The rest we don't care about. 
That's how you accomplish more and lower your stress at the same time. Can you give an example of one of your clients who has used the 12-week year concept to the best way possible and has achieved like a growth that even you were like surprised with? I mean, we have, we have, a, we have thousands of clients that have done that, right? We talk about in the book um, about a mass mutual advisor who had a 400% increase, right? And she was one of the top advisors. Um, you know, we worked with a billion dollar brokerage and we doubled their sales apps in six months. Um, we've, we've helped a homeless guy get out of a homeless shelter, went from five bucks in his pocket to 30 grand in 12 weeks. I mean, so there's just example after example like that. Um, and we, we've got, fortunately we've got thousands of them like that. What did the mass mutuals, uh, person do to have that much increase in such a short period of time? Like what does she focus on for the 12 weeks? She created a plan that focused on one or two goals, built out the tactical plan, and then just executed the plan, used the tools we have to execute the plan. So, and nothing in her plan was new. She didn't go to new markets. She didn't get bigger clients, bigger products or any of that stuff. She was just more consistent with the stuff that if you talk to her ahead of time, she said, oh no, I do this all the time. Well, when you start, when it's in front of you and it's written down and you're starting to measure it and track it and stuff like that, um, you know, what she found out is she wasn't as consistent as she thought. And just by increasing the consistency of the actions, it had this almost compounding effect. So like stripping out the, the 80% focusing on 20% and just dialing down on more on the actions for those 20%. Just, just being consistent with them. Yeah. It's not about being perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Um, but most people are overwhelmed because one, as you talked about earlier, they don't have a vision. Two, they're not working from a written plan. And if it is, it's conceptual. It's not tactical. So, so yeah, they're, they're ruled by the day to day. They're ruled by when the phone rings or when the emails come in and all that kind of stuff. And, and then you're just a hamster on the wheel. You go and go, go, and you end up exhausted and you haven't accomplished anything. That's, that's not the way you accomplish great things in life. It's really about focus on the, on the few. And it might also be like one of the stages of emotional change that you talk about in the book. Yeah, you're going to go through that. <laughs> if you're taking new ground, if you're striving to accomplish anything, right, it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster because you have to let go of what you're doing and embrace new things. And anytime you do that, there's a level of discomfort. There's a level of uncertainty. Um, there's some anxiety that goes with that. So so how do you continue to do that consistently? That's the key. Because I, I, think, I think the thing that holds people back is we're wired for comfort. We like what's familiar. We like what's predictable. We like what's comfortable. Growth is not that at all. And, and so most people want a better life. But when they start to lean into the discomfort and the uncertainty, they pull back. And the 12-week year, what it helps you do is continue to lean into it. You talk about a concept of... Um intentional imbalance. What is intentional imbalance? Yeah. So, so people talk about life balance and it's a bit of a misnomer because I think you're left feeling like you're going to spend equal time in, in, in various areas. And, and even if you could do that, that's probably not going to create the life you want. So we talk about intentional imbalance, which is being intentional about where you say, spend your time, what you say yes to and what you say no to. And there's different seasons. If you're starting a business, that's a season. Right. If you've got young children, that's a season. It's different if you've got grown children than if you have young children. Right. So there's different seasons that are going to if you want to be successful as a parent, you're going to have to spend time there. 
Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna be successful with a business, you're gonna have to spend some time in it, right? So the, so just being intentional about what you say yes to and what you say no to. Kind of back to what you talked about earlier with the vision. What's the vision I have for my life? If I don't know that, it's really it's next impossible for me to be intentional because everything looks the same then. I, I can't distinguish the important from the urgent if I'm not clear on what I want and the life I want to live. And so, you know, to be intentionally imbalanced, I need to be clear on that and then look out and say, okay, is this something that's important for, you know, the life I want to live or not? Do you implement the 12-week process at home as well? I do. Yep, I use it. In my relationship with my wife, I use it for my health, use it with my kids. Because it works, <laughs> you know, that's why. So when our kids were little, we'd have them set um, really two goals. One was around their school, their academics, and the other was around um, their sports. And so they got used to doing that. Yeah, it's something that we plan to, you know, work on this. I do think we need more planning. focus on planning. Plannings, if you don't get a tactical plan, then the other things we've talked about won't matter. Like a weekly plan is going to be meaningless. Scoring's not going to matter because there's, you really can't score effectively. Peer support is useless because, yeah, you, that tactical plan is a big piece of it. Mm -hmm. hmm. Can you expand a little, little bit more on the peer support? Like, how is that helpful? Yeah, so there are a lot of studies out that show if you're going alone, you're stacking the odds against yourself that you're much more likely to succeed when you're involved in some sort of peer support. So um, the way that looks for us is we group people in small groups with, a, with someone to facilitate to talk about how you're doing, how you're doing with your goals, how you're doing with your execution. And um, as a team, we, we meet weekly to have that very discussion. How, you know, what was due last week? What got done? How did each of us do on our own plans? Um, and, and is it producing what we thought it would? And so... You know, it's an interesting dynamic in that we'll typically perform better when we know other people are watching. And so w when no one's watching, it's easy to just let ourselves off the hook. And so if you're serious about your goals, make sure a couple other people are watching, looking in. That's the peer support element. Um, so Brian, if, if somebody, if people want to find, you know, find more details on 12 week year and find more about you, where can they find that information? Yeah, 12weekyear.com, so the number 12weekyear.com. And um, we've got a workshop coming up, a 90-minute workshop. You get a free copy of one of our books, and it's $20.24 to crush 2024. So um, that's a great resource for folks because they get the book and they get the workshop. Um, but everything, you know, everything we do and help you is 12weekyear.com. Yeah, thank you for your time, Brian. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been great. Good questions. I hope this helps your listeners. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till now. I hope it added value in your life. And if it did, please subscribe to our channel. It will help us grow and bring more incredible guests. Thank you.